Hey friend, welcome back to the Street Cred Podcast, helping streetwear fashion brands sell more garments. I'm Elijah Delport, founder of Wink Films and your host. This episode features a conversation I had with Jasper Mutima, founder of streetwear brand Mutima, conveniently named. We discuss what it means to steal like an artist. This is garment designs and social media content. Additionally, featured are some practical ways to apply inspiration to your clothing brand and how you present it to the world. So, if your streetwear brand is on social media, this episode is for you. Enjoy the show. Jasper, how you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, man. It's good to have you on the podcast. Finally, it's been a bit of back and forth, but here we are. (laughs) So for those that don't know um, who you are and what you do, why don't you tell them a bit of a story? Uh, Yeah, so I'm Jasper and I run a streetwear brand called Mutima, which is my last name. And it's basically, I started doing it like full time this year and it's been a thing for about just under three years now yeah what what's what's the journey been like coming up to a place where you're now doing it full time i mean i i, I assume it's been in, maybe not a, a, so much a long journey in time but definitely in, in the resources and sacrifice what's that look what, what does that look like coming up to a place where you're working full time in your brand now um i guess like before like releases would be a bit haphazard because I was like doing uni Mm. and like, you know, it's kind of tough to juggle both. And then doing it full time was a bit of a leap of faith where I was, I finished uni last year and then I was kind of like, Oh, I'll see how I go this year with it. And if not go back to uni Mm -hmm. or get another job and keep doing it on the side. Yeah. I think there's definitely a lot of brands in that situation a lot of brand owners, just one man band wearing many hats and they just, uh, I suppose, getting to the place where they want to eventually be working full time. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Let, let's go a bit more into the story uh, behind the behind the brand, how it started, you know, some, some of the behind the scenes that went on that, that isn't so much shown in all the campaign releases on your Instagram so, so tell me, tell me about um, maybe a bit more in a bit more detail how how things started um, and, and how they continued up to this point. Uh, I've wanted to start a brand since I was like, for context, I'm 22 now. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start a brand when I was like 15, 16, but that was just like mucking around on Photoshop because like I had no money. And then like looking back, I don't have the designs anymore. I think I deleted them. I wish I did, but you know, oh, no. the designs weren't very good. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to start it, but I never really had the money. So when I finished mm-hmm. year 12, I had a summer job where I was working like 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week. Yeah. Wow. So that like built up a lot of my initial money. And then I kind of spent most of 2019, like working on it here and there mm-hmm. and had the first sort of like little release at the end of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny you say about those designs, the lost designs, man. I 
that is been a fear of mine. Some some old short films I made back in the day. Oh man, no idea where they've gone, but I just I I have <laughs> everything on this one hard drive now, which it probably shouldn't be on just one hard drive, but that's like my archives. Oh man, yeah, definitely my um <laughs> where my roots are. That's for sure. Yeah. So so you you started back in in in, in late 2019. Is that right? You did your first release. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Don't know whether the bad designs, your words, not mine. Don't know where they are anymore, <laughs> but somewhere. And then, um, yeah. How how was that? So how did how did that first release go? Um, not very well. I think I had like three hundred and fifty, four hundred followers, and like I had all these like yeah. people, like not just mates, but like randoms being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy." I was like, "Oh, sick!" And then. On the first day I released stuff, I had like one order the whole day and it was my friend who like went on the website and ordered it. So I remember that being like pretty, uh, it was just a big like kick in the guts. I was like, oh, like people telling you they're going to buy it doesn't actually mean, (laughs) or, you know, chucking an Instagram poll and like 80 people say they're going to buy it and like, oh, I don't even have 80 like crewnecks. And then- don't even get one purchase so like at the time that was like a kick in the guts but then you know it's kind of like a realization that 400 followers wasn't a lot Mm. yeah it it's it's yeah there's definitely a disconnect between what people say and where they put their money because the the fact is that yeah money is a big commitment to put money on the table and it's a lot easier to say yeah i'm going to than actually doing it which I mean seems like the obvious, but also you know in those early days when you see that you must get excited, get your hopes up for your sellout, you know on on your first ever drop, but is not always the case. Um, yeah, yeah, but but which is in great contrast to to what you're doing now, as I understand. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So so that was drop one, a uh, bit of a kick in the guts, and then and then and then what happened next? How did you react to that? Did was there was there ever at any point of giving up or feeling like that? Well, I remember like like sales slowly started coming in, but not to the point where I was like even making my money back. And then mm-hmm. I remember I was like ordering like samples for the next collection, and the supplier wanted the money, and I think it was going to be like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Okay. And I was like, I was sitting there. I was at like a mate's place. We we're having drinks or something. And then the supplier was like, oh, I need money. And so like $700, $800, obviously a lot of money. I was like 19. Mm. And I was like, oh, do I do it or do I just kind of not, you know, continue doing this? And I was like, oh, um, you know, why not? I'll do it. I'll pay the money, whatever. So that was when I like kind of committed to the next release for it all. But I remember at the yeah. time I was like almost going to be like, oh, you know, 700 bucks, that's like a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. And, and so and so, what happened with the release? Was it a similar outcome or was it any better or? Um, that one I kind of like, I, because I didn't have a lot of money going into the clothing brand or anything. Like I was doing my marketing by just like commenting on random. I would find people who had like brands that I liked and I would go through their followers and comment on people who had public profiles being like, Hey, like check out my stuff kind of thing. 
I'll do that yeah. for like hours. And then, so the next, the second release, I was like, oh, I'll pony up some money for some advertising. So I paid some archive pages to like post mm-hmm. my stuff. And then one of them got a lot of, I don't know, a lot of traction on whatever Instagram page it was on. And then like, so that one went well, that one sold out. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Have you just tried with like, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like when you when you pay pay the Instagram pages for advertising, what what would you call that? Oh, they were like archive pages. So, yeah. So yeah. If people like listening have seen, they're not that popular anymore. But like hoodie dot archive and yeah 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 archive and stuff like that, I would pay them. Unfamiliar. Yeah yeah yeah. So you have like the the Instagram page advertising, and but have you ever tried like? facebook ads or anything like that back in the early days back in the early days i tried it but like facebook ads and i wish i got more into it but facebook ads are pretty complicated yeah and i don't think instagram's like promote button is very good like you get a lot of (laughs) eyes but sometimes it's hard to get it in front of the right people yeah there's definitely yeah, I don't know. I think I think they they advertise it as like, oh wow, this is how many eyes you're gonna get. But there's, you know, like you need a real creative mind to turn those eyes into, and convert them into followers that can be sales that can be a brand that survives. So yeah, I suppose. And then on top of that, when it's quite complicated, I suppose it makes things very intimidating especially for a small brand. I've yeah, I've played around with um Facebook ads just for different things. I mean, nothing like clothing because I obviously don't have a clothing brand myself, but I think if if you've got the right formula for the content create create the content you're creating, sorry, that it'll really uh happen organically. Yeah, and I think many many streetwear brands struggle to have that organic growth because you know they're only posting the the campaigns and the they're only posting the advertising and promotional material for the latest clothing collections but you know i i think if if you're actually genuinely giving back to the community like there can be real organic growth out of that and that's saving money and that's building an audience that is genuinely interesting that's not like facebook ads that promises these eyes and these sales you know, you might get the eyes, but nothing more. It's more than that. You know, organic growth is you know, those loyal customers that stick around. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, I think like a mix of both. Obviously, like you have to get eyeballs in front of your brand somehow. And like, especially when you're starting out, it can be hard to get those people because it's not like people who are following you are necessarily posting like about Mm. you and all that stuff. So I think you get, yeah, need a good mix of both in order to grow. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I I, I sometimes fail to consider that because I'm very, uh, uh, what's the right word? Stubborn (laughs) in my ways, but like, absolutely. I think, I think that's definitely true. Do do you think you've found a good, balance in mutima um i mean i think so but i guess i'm like yeah you know, you'll never be sure until maybe you like look back on it in a couple months or something yeah 
So, or if you try something else out and then you're like, oh, like that was right. So it's hard to know, but I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think a good balance means that like, I mean, for me, and, and you can, you can tell me what you think in a moment or like kind of what that looks like for your brand at this time, what do you think is working at the moment? But, but I, I, I feel like a good balance means that like paid advertising gets the eyes and then the, the organic growth material. So like the non-promotional stuff is where the eyes are put like the, uh, so it, it's what converts the, the paid eyes to stay like, because they, they mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think? How do, how do you think that works for your brand? How that, how that plays in together? Yeah, I think you're right that like you get the eyes and then, I mean, for me, I mean, I've had like strategy calls with like agency brands and stuff and mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, you know, um, it's really cool. Like how you try and do it like organically and like, you're just a person, but it's not like a actual strategy that I employ. Like I am just a dude. So, you know, I kind of post, I, I kind of post like that. I don't want to post like a cold kind of brand. And I think the benefit of being small is that like you can make a post. If you get an idea for like an Instagram story, you can post it two minutes later. You don't need to go through, you know, three different meetings and see if it aligns with your strategy and get four different people to approve it. You can yeah. just post it. Yeah, that's so true. It's like, there's less layers with a smaller entity it makes everything easier it doesn't need so much you know like a cruise ship takes two hours to turn around 90 degrees but a little speedboat can do it in a few seconds you know yeah exactly yeah change of direction makes things really easy i suppose hey yeah Mm -hmm. On, on, on that i mean you sort of touched on it just a moment ago about how you can just post something if you want to post it and 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 sort of I think you were getting what you were kind of getting into is how you share your face on social media and pick particularly through um, Unima Studios and on your TikTok page um, maybe share a bit of context for for what that is and, and how that fits into your brand. Um, I guess Mutima Studios like the idea behind it for like people who don't know it's like a secondary instagram page that we run um the idea behind it is just that like people who want to can get like a closer look behind the brand Mm. and with things like that you know maybe like a bit more behind the scenes stuff that necessarily i don't want to like clog the main page with if people yeah for people who don't want to see that yeah i I think that is your version of the the giving back to the community, your value that you're giving the like sort of, uh, you know, a- anything that's not campaign material. You have a place for the campaign stuff, but you've given yourself a, a space to be creative and free and not feel pressure to try and um, sort of sell your products in that same way. So... I don't know. Do you, do you think that's been really valuable for your brand? Since cuz cuz I know you've only had the Mutima Studios for a few months, is that right? Yeah, probably about a month or so. Yeah. 
yeah, how how do you think it's played a role in in um in the growth of your brand in the last month? Is there anything noticeable? Um, I think not insanely, but I've still kind of had that like same ethos with like maybe posting stories on the main account and just like getting people's opinions or mm. ideas or like whatever because at the end of the day, like I do want to like talk to people about it because I find it like fun and interesting and like I want people to have their input and their ideas and whatever heard. Yeah, that's true. It's a community engagement. That's uh yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, so where do you, where do you kind of want to, I mean, so you've only had Mutima studios around for a month and, uh, well, is is I'll just ask this first. Is is the the TikTok sort of like a parallel, the Munima TikTok a parallel of Munima Studios? Yeah, it's pretty similar. Like some of the content will be similar, but then also on the TikTok, there's more like promotional yeah. stuff, of course. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like obviously with Munima Studios, the implication is that you already follow like the main brand account, so yeah, there won't be that promotional aspect. Yeah, where where do you want to go with Munima Studios? Um, I guess I just want it to be like a little behind the scenes, like something that people can like appreciate and see the workings going on mm. behind it. Because, I mean, like obviously I love like some of the brands I love, but sometimes with the bigger ones it can feel a bit cold. All of a sudden, like yeah. they just make a post and you go, oh, like that thing's cool, but all of a sudden it's just like out there. Yeah, that's so true. I think what you're kind of getting at is is how much personality a brand has, the faces behind the brands that it doesn't show and the you know, the flaws and the things. And that's I think the beauty of a behind the scenes the behind the scenes content is that you get to show the 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 ups and downs and the struggles you have in your face. And people get attached to faces and they, they recognize faces. They don't recognize logos like they do with faces so i think that's a really really great step for your brand so really good on that hey yeah i mean i never wanted to show my face but then like tiktok kind of made it (laughs) a necessity but now i'm like more comfortable with it but still it's a bit it's a bit of a nervous thing doing it first yeah yeah, and I don't know. I don't really like care about having like I don't want like a personal brand. Like I know yeah. and like all power to these people, I'm not begrudging them, but I know like some people who like run brands as well, they want like a personal brand to go alongside it. But like for me, I just I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah. Hey, fair enough. And maybe it works for them, but not for everyone, I suppose. Yeah, and like some people enjoy all of that. Whereas I don't know. I think the idea of like making more content around a personal brand, like, yeah, would do my head in for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably a bit much, probably a bit much. I mean, I, I think, I mean, you and I would know and, and probably a lot of listeners how much work creating content is. So to do that on two or more profiles, and you have TikTok as well, and your personal, and your, you know, behind the scenes, and your main brand page. Oh, 
Ain't no way, man. Ain't no way. <laughs> yeah. I guess if like you're a content creator, like your personal brand, like is your brand. Whereas for me, yeah. I kind of want like people to look at the clothes more and like judge it based off that. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I, um, I was on your, I was on your TikTok yesterday and, um, oh, I swear. Did, okay. Tell me if I'm wrong. Did I see something about how you created a product and then like another like brand, like a bigger brand has copied that? Did I see that? Or am I wrong? Oh, like, I don't know. People say that, but it's like, what product do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that, um, like the lace shirt. Yeah. I mean, like people have been making like lace shirts before I made lace shirts. And right. then if your like first perception of a lace shirt is mine, you're going to see like, I don't know, like golf Wang made a lace shirt. Yeah. Right. And then people are like just golf now. And then people are like, Oh, like, you know, you had the same thing. And it was like golf's product, like their release timeline. They probably like started making that lace shirt design like 2020. Yeah. That's Whereas true. mine's just a lot shorter, like my production timeline. So. And I suppose that goes with being a smaller entity, being able to make movements quicker than a large. Yeah. Movement. I mean, someone probably came up with that design in like 2020 it was getting approved. It probably got sampled a couple of times. Then production took five months and then, but they wouldn't release it for a few months. Mm. And then. Yeah. So, so, so with that product, particularly with the lace shirt, was that one of those things where, where you came up with the idea like in your own head by yourself and it happened to already be an idea that was out there? Or, or, or did you take inspiration from somewhere? And, and, and how does that, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I originally wanted to be like, almost like, um, I have like a script logo and I wanted it originally to be on the pocket as, um, palace have a shirt. It's not a lace shirt. I just want to look it up quickly to describe it. Palace yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Shirt. This is, um, I'm not going to be able to find it. It's not a lace shirt, but it's got like their own pattern and it's probably, um, a similar ish material. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like a button down shirt with their own kind of um, yeah. pattern and their own fabric. And like, that's what I wanted to do something similar, but like, I mean, Stussy made a lace shirt in like 2016, I think, uh -huh. or like 2017, 2018, but it's just one uh -huh. of those things where, I mean, it's like someone making a, a paneled hoodie like other brands have made a paneled hoodie, but if like you've only seen one brand in your scope do a paneled hoodie, then of course you're going to think like the next one you see yeah. is copying or something. Yeah. 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 It's funny though, because sometimes it actually does happen though. Like a small brand makes something really unique. Like no one else could have thought of this. This is like a one person sort of idea. One of those ones. And then like this big entity actually does just go on and take it. I've seen that before. Yeah, I mean, you see even like um, that like Melbourne, very Melbourne-based brand, but like Mr. Winston, they mm. made a hoodie, but with a very specific like um, font on the back. And then like now you see like White Fox made one and like I think Sheen even used the oh. words Mr. Winston on theirs. And 
So that's like more direct copy than anything else. Yeah, that that just kind of sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess it's one of those things where it's like, if that ever happened to me, you'd have to look at it as like the people who were buying it from Shane would have never bought it from like me. The price points would be different. Like yeah. their expectations for the garment yeah, would that's be different. True. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I suppose because, because yeah, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. It's something I see with a lot of smaller brands is that there, there's like just a higher quality. And certainly to Sheen and I mean like, where else they're they're just making it for the masses and there's there's an issue within that so yeah Yeah, and there's like there's just a different expectation of like price points at that point yeah exactly 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 that's it it i think it's what separates just like the fast fashion and the big brands to the you know I suppose smaller graphic tees, high quality, not quite luxury, but it's like, you know, some some place in the lower middle. Yeah. Just, yeah, where it makes a place. Yeah. So sort of talking about uh inspiration, sort of where 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 did your inspiration come from for your brand? Obviously your last name is Mutima, Jasper Mutima, and that's the name of course of the brand, but but going further into that, I'm speaking about designs. I'm I'm talking about your your whole aesthetic, your the content you create. Where where does this inspiration come from for you? Um, I guess like a lot of the inspiration, especially for starting, was just like I don't know. I like design, and then I just like saw like all the inspiration is just like an amalgamation of like things that I like personally and like brands that i like so Mm. even if you're talking about designs um what's one that i can think of even like i have a hoodie like it was like growing paints hoodie kind of like college text and growing paints and then like the script font below on the chest and that was um like i saw a friend's old like vintage hoodie that he got that was in like that vintage blue wash with like I don't know whatever graphic he had on it, but it was also like a yellow graphic. So it was just like, mm. often it's just finding an amalgamation of things that I like, or even like this hat. Um, I want to make like my own version of like a Yankees hat. Yeah. So there's like my own kind of take on that. So a lot of it's just taking like multiple inspirations and especially like there's this book that I really like. It's called Still Like an Artist. What's it called? Steal like an artist. Steal like an artist. By, it's pretty good. He talks a lot about, and he pulls good references. Like he he like speaks to or like uses favorite uh, famous artist quotes. It, even like Picasso said, like he's never come up with an original idea. Yeah, he just used six or seven inspirations and like mashed them together, or thought you know like oh I like the color palette of this. I like the thick lines of this guy. Like. And then we'll just mash them together. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think who it was now. Um he this guy, an artist who did like who was like big in like the pop art. Um Andy Warhol. You know Andy Warhol? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He, his whole thing was he'd literally take a, a a photo, like a famous photo of Marilyn Monroe, 
and he'd like change a few things about it and then call it art and and people loved it and they sold for millions of dollars as pieces and so i think that's exactly it still like an artist where where's the line drawn between stealing and inspiration i suppose <laughs> yeah i think they like they had a good point in the book it's like Oh, I think Picasso said it. It's like, if you take from one inspiration, that's copying. But if you take from like eight, it's an original idea. Yeah. Because when you like merge enough different inspirations, it becomes like its own thing. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Like people tell, people like tell me that like, oh, like I could tell that's like your kind of item or like your piece that you made, which is interesting because I feel like I don't Mm. have a specific style because I just like merge whatever like amount of things that i like yeah yeah that's that's so curious to me that's that's a really good quote as well like it's not one if you take one thing that's stealing but eight things and that's inspiration (laughs) you made something original yeah i suppose there's no original ideas anymore especially with clothing my goodness how much stuff is out there Hey, Elijah here. I'm really interrupting the show to tell you about my mailing list. Every day I send free 60 second read emails used by streetwear brands internationally to sell more garments. To join, visit winkfilms.com resources. And don't worry, I don't ask for more information than I need. Simply enter your business email and you're in. Okay, okay, I'm done. Back to the show. pet peeve of mine i just think it's really pretentious is when people who like run clothing brands or something because like obviously i'd listen to like any podcast or youtube video or like q a kind of thing that they mm. could try and they just get like an insight and um you know they ask like oh where do you get your inspiration from and they'll just be like oh you know just like movies and my friends and like people around me and you're like come on man like everyone who runs a clothing brand likes clothes and obviously they have their own favorite clothing brands. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there's some sort of inspiration coming from like other clothing brands and it doesn't even have to be like ones now. It can be ones in the past or. Yeah. Who who are they for you? Are you, are you able to share some? Yeah. I mean, I really love Stussy. Yeah. Um, like, especially they're like, I mean, Susie has a bit of a funny reputation in Australia, I guess, from like their kind of mass market stuff that they sold. But I like love their editorial stuff. Yeah. Um, I love Palace. I think they're like, I mean, Palace and even like Supreme, I really like. Supreme. Yeah. Um, especially they're like cut and sew pieces are really cool. Like Supreme always have, I've never bought one but they always have really cool suits that I think are a bit That's like, true. Uh, underrated. Yeah. yeah. And then what else? I guess like those would be the main few. Do, um, do you follow like uh, uh, many small brands, like similar to your size or even smaller than yours, a little bit bigger? Um, I guess quite, I like... Not- I would follow like some, like I know some people, for example, like you've had them on like Mercha Mercha. Like I know those yeah. guys. Yeah. I love Aaron Casper. Yeah. Like I went to, I was at the same school as Casper just in the year above him. So like I 
Oh, for real? Yeah, so, like, I already knew him before that. So, like, I followed them, and then there's, like, um, even, like, they're pretty big now, but, like, I like how um, Basket Case Gallery, like, present their stuff. They're, like, a LA brand. I think they've got, like, 100K okay. followers now. But, um... True. I guess, like, if you look at their clothes, like, aesthetically, they wouldn't be that similar to mine, but I just love how... Yeah. um they present a lot of it. Yeah. You can, I suppose you can even take subtle things for inspiration. Like it doesn't have to be an aesthetic, but it can be like, you know, like the way you present garments and the way you do stories and, and how you lead up to, to drop night and how you, you know, and how you create content around clothing drops and just general brand content. And, you know, like it doesn't have to be just, how the garments look and, and, and how the brand feels. It can be so many other things, I suppose. Yeah, there's a lot behind it. Like I have a big um, folder on my computer. I think it's got like, I think it's running up on like 10,000 photos, but it's like um, oh. just inspiration that I like collect. That's cool, man. And then, but I mean, a lot of it's like, some of it I'll be, I have to write like notes now because sometimes I like take a photo of something and then I'm like, why did I like what in there? made me go like oh that's like i want to take something from that that's inspiring <laughs> no that's really good advice though i think like yeah do, do you have anything on that like advice for for brands that um you know want to be uh have, have a, a central place for all their inspiration what kind of tips can you give them in terms of creating that that archive and that collection um i mean i wish what i did is like write notes or like tag it because sometimes yeah i mean because mm. i have photos dating back to like 2017 that i was like collecting yeah yeah and then obviously at the time you know what you wanted to take but then now i'm like did i like the clothes did i like how they styled it like what did i yeah actually like here but i'd say like just um i don't know i'm a very like obsessive person so i just like look at a lot of stuff and yeah. um, I think like I go on like a lot of deep, for example, I love going to op shops and looking at the, um, the random books that are there. Oftentimes mm. you'll find some like random book and there's like a cool illustration style in it or some photo or cause you can like pull it from some like random places sometimes. Yeah. Imagine that a, 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 a clothing brand owner going into an op shop and looking at books. <laughs> <laughs> that is so ironic oh my goodness no that's that's a good trick this becomes really practical like uh yeah like uh when collecting inspiration from the world around you tagging them what you actually saw in this what inspired you about this photo this object this thing you know what about yeah, exactly. it exactly yeah that's that's a really great piece of advice have you like would you ever use anything like pinterest or something i suppose that's like a larger collection of other things that other people use but yeah i mean i look at like anything and everything there's like pinterest and then there's this one site that i love it's called um arena it's like a r e dot n a for the website and it's kind of like pinterest but it um the way you find things is different okay so for example someone might post like 
there's a lot of random stuff on there. It's pretty cool. Like people um are very eclectic. Like there's this one guy who collects yeah photos of tags of like outdoor gear companies. Yep. So it'll just be logos from like outdoor companies, like however dated they are. And then like you can click on like, let's say you saved one of like Nike ACG. And then you can see who mm. also saved that to their boards. And then you click on their boards and like look through what mm. they pinned. That was I similar. See. I see, I see, I see. So it's very community oriented. The, the, yeah, it's that's like a big, different from it's like a big web. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. It's all connected to Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. There's actually there's a lot of stuff there about inspiration, um, about where you get it. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I I think for most people, I mean, they probably already have their ways and their sources, especially for those that are listening to this podcast. But hey, I learned something just now, and uh, I think there's something. Yeah, for everyone there. That's really cool. But yeah, yeah, I'd say just like pull it from wherever you can and like try and combine multiple things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's good advice, man. Get can I can I ask you and you can you can let me know if you're not comfortable answering this question, but uh, well, I are, are you comfortable speaking about some some numbers? Yeah, depends on the numbers, yeah. but yeah. All right, all right. Well, you you let me know. You let me know. I'll ask it, and then you just let me know. I, I'm just really curious about what kind of numbers is required to to get to a place of uh, working full time. This, I mean, this could be drop drop to drop sort of basis, or yeah. I mean, when I looked at it. So like I still um, live at home with my parents and like my yeah. kind of deal I had with my parents was I like said to them, I was like, give me one year to do this living at home. And if it doesn't work, like I pre-enrolled in a uni course. So I was, and then I just, okay. so I already graduated, but I was like, I pre-enrolled in a master's. I'll defer it. Like give me one year. And if it like doesn't work out, doesn't work out kind of thing. Yeah, And um, so my whole thing was I just wanted to make like a similar salary to what I would make if I went and got a graduate job after finishing my, I did a degree in finance and I got a degree in marketing as well. Yeah. Okay. So, so you did study that at university? Yeah. So I um, studied commerce and got a double degree in finance and marketing. Yeah. Cool. And has that been... Um, well, I suppose it's, it's sort of obvious the application, but has that, has that been helpful to, to having a streetwear brand or, um, I mean, doing it at the university, I did it and the, like what they taught, I guess, cause of like where, like the graduate, I, I went to the university of Melbourne and a lot of the graduates mm-hmm. go to like big companies. So a lot of the like how we talked about finance, it's not like talking about small scale. It was talking about, you know, mergers and acquisitions and like very large scale businesses and even marketing. It was like, it's not like ground up entrepreneurial startup. Even there was a core uh, subject entrepreneurial marketing, but the assumption was that you go and get investor money. So like some of the, 
theories and the concepts, like they help in a way. And then at other times, like, you know, I'm not doing billions in revenue. So looking at a marketing budget of 10 million doesn't really help me. Yeah. Oh man. That's funny. That's funny. But I, but in the same way, does it still like, I mean, the scales are a bit different, but does it still apply in many ways? Million dollar budgets versus. I'd know, say the marketing, the marketing like theories do apply, but there's like, there's not a lot of like practical. It wasn't sure. how to run an Instagram sure. campaign or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, it's nothing that you couldn't learn if you like knew how to like search it and look it up. But I mean, the mm. benefit of going to university is that like you're tested on your knowledge and it forces you to learn these things. Yeah. Like I imagine no one's reading a finance textbook for fun. Hey, I'm, I'm here, mate. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. I'll read, I'll read an annual report though. <laughs> yeah i mean so there's like and there's so many resources online that you can look at for marketing and like that's marketing so true. theory and yeah yeah that's so true yeah so so when when you're so i i, I suppose one thing is yeah you had that goal one year i'll i'll stay here and and make it work and here you are you're working full-time in it like what does again? Let me know if if just say no, just say no if you're not comfortable answering these kind of questions. But um, when when you're dropping, or I suppose how how many times do you need to drop in a year or in a month or in a, a six month? And 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 what kind of numbers do you need to be doing on a drop? But or how many? What kind of quantities of clothing do you need to be selling? Um, like. I kind of want to release like maybe eight collections a year. I kind of for mm. like I don't know, people who like don't know or haven't had a look, I kind of put like my goal is like five, six items in a collection that has like a rough theme around it. Okay. And um, I think whatever, I don't know. I could find my like pitch deck that I kind of wrote to like tell my parents, but um let's say like 60 pieces of each thing was what I wanted to sell. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe like 300, 350 release. 350 release. And if you're selling them at an average, like what? $50 a piece, $60 a piece. Yeah. So like a t-shirt costs like $60. I do do free shipping worldwide. So like that adds up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like the numbers hate. are a bit different on my end. And then like, so I might do like a t-shirt, a hoodie. Um, last release I had like a shirt, a puffer jacket, a pair of pants and a beanie. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then obviously you have to take away a loss from the revenue. So it, and then, yeah. Like how, how do you manage that profit? Do you, do you sort of like. Do you reinvest all of it? I mean, some some of it goes to your own salary and your own living, of course. Yeah, but- I mean, I've never been... Um, I think because I, like, wanted to do this since I was young, I've never been, like, a big spender because I was always yep. 
kind of like, oh, I could spend it on this. And even now, um, I guess all the money is just sitting in like the business bank account. And then I regularly have like less than like 500 bucks in my own personal bank account because I feel bad taking money out of it because it's like, if I give myself however much money, I'm like, well, that could go like back into the brand in whatever way. Yeah. Do you find though, it's not being productive, just sitting in there. Do you think, do you find it could be doing something else? Do you ever have those sort of, thoughts or ideas um sometimes i guess maybe like before like now like i pay for an office space i pay a marketing agency to run my ads so there's always like overhead costs that Uh i know i have to pay yeah um but i mean each release i like try and up the quantity that i sell yeah so like the money from a release like some of that profit will always go into like making clothes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you got to, I suppose, the scale up costs that is also expensive. But the the result of that is that in time, I suppose you can be earning more revenue than you were rather than having the short term gain of taking more profit um, than, 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 you know kind of reinvesting that in to scale up and then experiencing that long-term benefit I suppose that's pretty good yeah and like my I remember one release I did a stupid thing I like I think I was selling like 40 or 50 units per item and then I was like you know what like let's just make 70 of each even though I like I was like that'll force me to like try more on like marketing and stuff and like I shouldn't have done that. And like, they all ended up selling eventually, but I think I had like 40 bucks in my like combined accounts at the time wow. of release. Yeah. That, that must've been quite a drag though. Like, I mean, you say they sold out, but the, the time and resources it took to kind of made sure they all went. So you didn't make a loss at the same time. It was, probably quite a drag keeping them on when you could have been focusing on the next release. Yeah. I mean, it was stressful trying to get money back for all of them. And like over the um, couple months they sold, but yeah, yeah, I mean for like people who are listening, if they haven't started their brand or whatever, like make a small amount to start. Yeah. That's, that's good advice. I think, yeah. I mean, from, from what I, from the little I know, <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, if you're doing a lot more items, you can probably buy each item at a, at a cheaper price so you can be able to sell. And I think, yeah, I mean, did you, did you make a loss at first or did you, did you go into this knowing that you would make a loss like the first time you, you dropped um, the first time I released, I was like, I mean, it'd be nice to make some money, but I was even like selling the products at really low margin. Cause I was yeah. thinking like, you have to like entice people somehow when you've got like 500 followers. Like that's why mm. up until only recently, I've never made sort of like logo stuff because I was like, well, why would someone buy a logo t-shirt off a brand with a thousand followers when they could buy a logo mm-hmm. t-shirt from like. Like, for example, I really love Carhartt. 
So I think I'm wearing a Carhartt t-shirt right now. So like, why wouldn't you go buy a logo t-shirt off Carhartt rather than a brand with a thousand yeah. followers? That's so interesting. Yeah, it, it, that's so that's so true. A brand that's already established versus one that's establishing themselves. Yeah, and did I you, think like, oh, you go, sorry. Yeah, so I was just going to say, did, did you come to that realization yourself or? Yeah, I mean, I was just like, well, maybe I saw other like small brands selling and stuff. Yeah. But I, like myself, I was like, there's, you know, people buy a Nike t-shirt or a Carhartt t-shirt because it's a Carhartt t-shirt, not because like, like the one I'm wearing says like just Carhartt in like college block letters. Mm. Like, I don't know if that said some random brand. I can't even think of a yeah. random name. Like no, you like you wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily buy it. I got it because it said Carhartt. Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, uh, yeah, there, there needs to be, because I mean, this goes really down to the root. Why do we buy clothes? And it's because, like we want to identify with a brand, with a group of people, a club or an idea. And like if an establishing brand hasn't yet solidified that group of people, number one, because they just haven't got the following that bigger brands do. And number two, they haven't solidified an, an identity or, a, or an appeal that comes with that a lifestyle that they represent because that only comes in time and, and commitment to that. I think... Only then, through those two things, can a brand uh, effectively and sensibly sell logo T-shirts and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, even now when I sell like little sort of logo T-shirts, I've still got like like all my items are cut and sew, which means they're all my own measurements, all like the materials I pick and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So even if you're buying like a a Mutima like pocket logo t-shirt, it's like still got like the boxy, slightly cropped fit in like my own material. You're not buying like a Gildan blank yeah. with my logo on it because I mean, even now, like I don't expect people to just buy my stuff because it has a logo on it. Like there's still yeah. going to be some point at which they go like, yeah, I want it because of like this. Yeah, there has to be another appeal that those that are not in the know about Mutima can see it and, and go, hey, that's really cool. I'd wear that also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You were going to say something before. I mean, you might not remember it, but... <laughs> um, It was probably along those lines. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, are there any um final things that you final pieces of advice, anything you'd like to mention? Um, I'd say like growth isn't necessarily linear and that like, if anything, like I remember this one brand, I was like really jealous of it because they like started around the same time I did, but yeah. within a year they had a hundred K followers or like wow. maybe within two years they had a hundred K followers. And I remember being really jealous being like, I don't get like, how that guy did it like blah 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 and then yeah now that like i don't think that brand's released for like a year and then the last time they did release they had all these issues like people said they got scammed so i'd say like take yeah. it slow like take it slow there's going to be like ups and downs 
and that like also like think about try and be objective being like would i actually buy this if i wasn't attached to it okay yeah yeah that's true to so to detach yourself from the product and look at it through a customer perspective yeah or an audience I think, perspective that aren't yet customers yeah and i think like deep down in your heart like sometimes i make a design and i'm not sure on it and the designs i'm not sure on i'll send to like my girlfriend or my friends and be like what do you think and like i'm sending it to them probably to hopefully have them be like no, no, no that's good but like deep down like i know that that one isn't like as good as i want it to be yeah so like i think deep down you'll know that like just writing whatever your brand name is on a hoodie and releasing that at the start like deep down you'll you know someone probably won't just buy that yeah yeah it's yeah so with with in terms of like creating stuff that you're pleased with do you have sort of like the mr beast mindset it's like not i will not put it out to the world unless it is perfect exactly perfect or or is it more like uh is is it is it more like you know like i i put effort into this this is something good there's room to improve in the future we'll put this out now as a, a signpost ne- neither of which are, are bad by the way just they're different which, which do you think is more your approach i mean i'm pretty obsessive so i think it kind of like has to be perfect in yeah. order for me to want to release it and even then like yeah i'm never really like happy with it i'll be like oh, i probably should change this or maybe like that measurement should be a bit tighter or a bit bigger or um and then also like i kind of think like i have some design ideas from like 2019 that i could only release like this year because i didn't have the funds or the capacity or like someone wouldn't buy it from a brand yeah. with like 600 followers that i'm only releasing now so like I think you've got to think like, would I still wear this in like three or five years? And if the answer is no, like it depends on if you're Sheen, then doesn't matter. But for like me, if I wouldn't wear it in three or five years at least, then like, or if the design wouldn't hold up in three or five years, then like there's yeah. no point. Well, I, I think the only thing with Sheen, it, like the only reason why it doesn't matter with them is because they release something new every two to three weeks. Like yeah, exactly. Fully, it's so cheap. And... It, yeah, every store is like literally fully changed out the entire wardrobe every few weeks, and and but I, I it's a different business model and better one I think. But yeah, it's like uh, creating creating stuff that is creating garments that are that kind of transcend time that don't that don't need to. Yeah, it's I I suppose you can use the analogy of like memes. Like a lot of memes they follow trends, they're in one week, they're out the next or maybe they're around for a, a month for those that are really like top memes that are that really go around they do they do they do the yards but but like yeah, I suppose clothing can't be like a meme. You know, it can't just be like in one week and out the next. That's not really a sustainable business model. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't know, for like people listening, if you think of like your favorite clothing item, you've probably had it for like at least a year or two. Mm. And you've still liked it for that time. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so true. I, yeah, it's like um, the oh, man. I, I'm not enough in in the in the world of boxing or MMA to understand this fully. But I think I think it was like Jake Paul. Is he the boxer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake Paul and the the gotcha hat hoodies. Is that right? Am I even talking about the same thing? I don't remember. Oh no, yeah. to be honest. Well, that's the that well. That's it. You don't remember. Most people won't. But he made like gotcha hat hoodies. This is like back in the day. If you were to wear one of those hoodies now, no one would get it. No one even knows yeah. what, it, what it is. But it was like it's based on a joke that happened one time or, or something like that. I mean, like, I mean, like I said, I don't even know about it enough to really speak about it. But yeah, but, but I think it's exactly like that, making stuff that's not so much timely but is uh, it's, it's, it's forever. Yeah. Exist forever. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jasper, thank you so much for coming on the on the podcast today and, and, and having a, a great conversation with me. That's all right. It was mad to have a chat. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And I think there's definitely a lot of value in here about finding inspiration and um, you know, some of your up and down experiences, even things as practical as creating a behind the scenes um account somewhere uh, somewhere where you can post that sort of content and, and even some insights into the what it takes to go in, in full time. So I, I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and willing to share all these things with us today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll uh, have you again on uh, on again in the future. We'll see what happens. But uh, <laughs> good luck with everything, Mutima. And um, yeah, thank you once again. Easy, man. Thanks for having me. See you, Jasper. Hey, you made it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Street Cred. I hope you found it as valuable as I did. So where to from here? On my Instagram profile, I post daily streetwear fashion business tips. You can follow my page at Elijah Delport. For those who want that little bit extra, I invite you to join my mailing list. Every day I send free 60 second read emails used by streetwear brands internationally to sell more garments. For any videography or content strategy needs, you can inquire at winkfilms.com. We provide services specifically within the streetwear fashion industry. All links mentioned in today's episode will be listed in the show notes below. Okay, thank you for joining me today. And until next week, bye now.